Hello and welcome to the Sex Within Marriage Podcast. My name is JD and I blog over at uncoveringintimacy.com. And today, first I want to say welcome to 2023. As usual, I'm still working to catch up on questions we received in the past months and these seven are from September of 2022. Before we get to that though, I wanted to let you know that on January 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm going to be running a webinar about our Becoming More Sexually Engaged course for Christian Wives. If anyone's interested, we go through the first module, we talk about the course, we'll answer any questions you might have, and the webinar and the course are for wives, and I highly recommend husbands do not pressure their wives into joining. However, if you are a wife and you'd like to grow in this area of your marriage, you can register for the webinar. The link is in the show notes, or you can just go to uncoveringintimacy.com slash webinar, and that usually points to whatever webinar is coming up next. Yeah, whether you decide you wanted to continue with the course or not, I pack a ton of information into these webinars. I always get feedback from people saying that they learned a ton. Even if they've come and listened to the webinar before, uh, they'll sometimes come a second or even third time just because there's so much information they can't get it all in at once. So check out the show notes for the link to register and... With that out of the way, let's get on to the questions. So question one is simply, where are you? I didn't quite know what to do with this, so I figured I'd just answer it straight up. I live in Saskatchewan, Canada, and we moved here from Ontario last year. Question number two was, my wife and I from time to time have intimate moments where we both relatively, we are both relatively forceful and aggressive. All in good fun, we both sincerely find it enjoyable. However, she is often left bruised in weird spots that make me worry that the public eye might think, or what the public eye might think. Anyone in the supporters group have experiences with this? Any advice as how to prevent this or disguise it? So no one in the group had any experience with this. However, my wife gets a lot of bruises just from bumping into things. And one other person had experiences hiding hickeys, which is similar. Without knowing where the weird spots are, it's a bit more challenging to give specific suggestions. But in general, low iron will often cause more bruising as well as alcohol use, and some medications can as well. So that might point you in some directions for avoiding it. As for hiding it, the only idea as a group was with makeup and clothing. Of course, the other option is to change what behaviors and activities you're doing so that she's not bruised or not bruised in places where it shows. And of course, it almost goes without saying that if you're being rough enough to bruise, just be careful. As for the public, I'm not a lawyer, but so long as she's on board with it, I would think that you likely don't have anything to worry about with the law. If any readers are lawyers, please correct me if I'm wrong. But yes, some people may look at you funny if she continues to show up bruised. Uh, The best advice I can give is that if someone talks to you both about it or one or the other, don't lie. Just tell them that you were both a bit rowdy in bed and smile. They'll likely not have any follow-up questions. But if you lie and each tells a different story, that will not look good if they get different stories out of both of you. So I would say just be honest and straightforward, and that's the best I can come up with. All right, question three. He writes, Hey Jay, thanks for the awesome podcast. I really love it. Here's my situation. I was addicted to porn for about seven years. I really got attached to the types of videos I was watching. But about three years ago, I decided it was time to quit. I installed Covenant Eyes, and since then, porn hasn't been a huge issue for me. However, the masturbation habit persists, even though I'm trying to quit that as well. I also have a girlfriend that I've been dating for about a year. She is awesome and loves God, but I'm facing very strong temptations to advance things sexually with her. I know this is wrong, but I'm also strongly wanting this, to the point that I might do it. I have a very deep heart issue, probably caused by my prolonged porn use in the fat 
in the past, but I don't know what to do about it. I've been praying for years. I've memorized several verses on the topic of avoiding temptation. I've opened up to close friends for advice, and the list goes on. I feel like I've exhausted my options, and there's nothing left for me to do but accept my hypersexuality. Here's my question. What role do I have in God changing my heart? I know you can do it, but after praying for years, I feel like you just won't. So first off, good for you for quitting porn. That is a fantastic achievement. Also, the good news is that you'd likely be facing very strong temptations to advance sexually with your girlfriend, even without the porn use and masturbation. That is relatively universal. Now for the masturbation part, I think quitting cold turkey is extremely difficult, especially if you don't have another outlet. For married people, I tend to involve their spouse if possible because it's much easier to redirect that energy than to put it on pause. For someone single, I suggest tapering off instead. Don't try to all of a sudden stop, but rather try to slow it down. I don't know what hypersexual means to you, but if it was like three times a day before, try cutting it down to twice, and then once every other day, and keep going. Just go slowly, move forward when you feel stable at the new frequency, and just accept that backslides are likely to happen. And It's okay, just pick up where you were, keep going. Now, memorizing verses, praying, getting support will all be good and helpful, but at the end of the day, you have to make some practical changes, and unless God is going to miraculously rewire your neural pathways, which he doesn't seem inclined to do, that means you'll have to make them yourself. And to answer the specific question, though, what role do you have in God changing your heart? I'd say a significant role. Because God will convict you, but he won't change your heart. I would say he can't because that would remove your free will. I'd also say that God has already convicted you and you've already had a change of heart. You don't want to do it anymore. So you did that part. What you're looking for is a change of behavior. And this reminds me of Paul's writing in Galatians where he says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do. I do not do, but what I hate I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I admit that the law is good. In that case, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me who does it. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. Instead, I keep doing the evil that I do not want to do. And if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So this is the principle I have discovered. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in my body, warring against the law of my mind and holding me captive to the law of sin that dwells in me. What a wretched man, man am I! Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Christ, Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with my mind, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. That's in Galatians 3 verses 15 to 25. So basically, you're in good company. Paul had similar struggles. Now, whether his battle was with masturbation or something else, we don't know. But still, the point is he had the conviction, the change of heart, but he was struggling with a practical piece, overcoming the deep neural pathways of a habit. And without understanding how the mind works, he resorted to saying that his sinful body was at war with his spiritual self. These days, we know that many parts make up the brain and they work interdependently. You can have a conviction, change your heart, set your mind on something, and still have that part of your brain go, yeah, but I'm going to do this other thing instead. So, Give yourself some grace, as God does, and work towards the goal. I'd also have a frank discussion with your girlfriend about it, 
Because if you've been dating for a year and you're getting to the point that it's difficult not to jump into bed together, I think you're ready for an adult discussion about your struggles. And if she can't handle it, it's probably a good idea that you didn't get married because marriage comes with many struggles and difficult conversations. And she has every right to leave if she wants. But I would say talk about it sooner rather than later because if you start having sex, that's going to make everything a lot more complicated. All right, question four says, so I... So to start with, my wife and I have been married for 10 years, and we are both in our 30s. I have a desire to have sex more often than we do, but I get the feeling that she doesn't like it nearly as much as I do. We don't talk about sex much. If we do, I bring it up. I haven't kept a log of our sexual activity, but the average is about three or four times a month at most. So my question is, what can I do to get her more interested in sex? It is worth mentioning that we have three kids under seven about two years apart. So, could it be that she's just tired? I find it hard to believe that being tired is the only reason, however, because our sex life was not much more active in the almost three years prior to having kids. Thanks for any help you can give. Now, whenever someone starts a question like this with, I get the feeling my spouse is, my first response is, well, talk to them and see if you're right. You'd be amazed how many marital problems get resolved when you actually talk about them. Now, that said, being a mother of three kids generally comes with a side of a lack of sexual desire. Not always, but often. And you are correct that it's not just exhaustion. It's exhaustion combined with being touched out, increased stress, increased responsibility, having all of her sexual parts repurposed for motherhood, and some other things mixed in. But as you said, it could be something else too, because it started before motherhood. So, it could be harmful teachings about sex, birth control, trauma, hormone deficiency, or a host of other things. I'd start with reading the free ebook that we have on our site called Where Did My Sex Drive Go? There's a link to it in the show notes. Read it together or read it separately and discuss it, but that would give you a framework, vocabulary, and opportunity to talk about it like adults and create a plan that works for both of you. If you're still struggling after that, let me know and I'll help. All right, question five starts with, hi, JD. Thanks so much for taking the time to answer my question. I've been with my husband for over five years now, married a few months. When we got together, I was so young and so stupid that I thought it would be a good idea to fake orgasms for him. I really couldn't come during sex, but I didn't want him to feel as a failure, so I faked it for years. Once you start with that, he expects it, so how do you stop? I've actually had the conversation with him maybe a year ago because I was simply unhappy with him never really trying in bed because why would he? I was just unsatisfied and explained that I was faking it a lot and didn't come as often as he thinks. That went surprisingly. He wasn't happy, but he wasn't angry at me either. He said, of course, that he doesn't want me to fake it. Now old habits die slow, and while I'm no longer faking it, he isn't really trying to get me to orgasm either. It was too easy for him, too long, for too long. He doesn't know that I actually came only three times in our relationship, all from oral, which he doesn't do if I don't ask for it. What is your advice? Very simply, you need to tell him you need oral sex in order to have an orgasm. You can't expect him to just discern this on his own. Uh, he's not a mind reader. If he was, he would have known that you were faking it, and he'd also known that you've only had three orgasms and they've all been from oral. For everyone else reading, this is why you don't fake orgasms. It's not just the coming clean. 
conversation that's difficult, although it is too. It's also the retraining of both spouses that is hard. You can't fix this with just a conversation. It starts with a conversation. The next part is going to take longer. You have to try and throw out everything about how to have an orgasm, and that's pretty hard. Watching your spouse having an orgasm for many men is a big deal, so the habits and behaviors you use to get them, they almost become like hard-coded in the brain. Trying to change that isn't easy. It's not impossible, but it will not be quick or easy. Working through it will take time, patience, grace, and ongoing communication. So ask until you no longer need to, either because you've learned to orgasm another way or because he does it without being asked. And keep open communication. The fact that he doesn't know that this is the only way to orgasm is, of course, going to lead you to more disappointments. All right, question number six is, hey, Jay, you probably haven't heard this one before, and no, this isn't a joke. My wife simply never tries to romance me. She never wears sexy outfits, lingerie, etc. She doesn't talk sexy, and she doesn't seem to understand talking dirty. I've suggested kinky things that I want to do that she says, if she gives me an inch, I'll go a mile. I'll, I try to do little romantic things to buy her flowers, tell her how beautiful she looks, open car door, etc., and it just doesn't seem to get reciprocated. Now, I feel... Like, she just expects me to find her sexy because she's a woman and she's my wife, but if I have to be honest, that's not enough. I don't find her sexy. Frankly, I want her to chase me for a change, stroke my eagle, tell me I look hot, I want her to tell me I'm a catch, tell me all the sexy things she wants to do to me. The idea that men just want sex all the time is a fallacy. I want to be desired and appreciated, and then maybe I'll want to have sex. Her playing hard to get doesn't make me any more interested in sex with her. It makes me incredibly disinterested. How do I get her to romance me and make me feel desired? I hear this way more often than you think. Actually, the first comment in the forum was that it was interesting how many men think that they're unique in this feeling. So there are a few kind of red flags here. The biggest one is that you've both taken what seems to be an adversarial role towards each other. You both see each other as an enemy fighting a zero-sum game rather than as partners working together to overcome an obstacle. I see this in the, if I let you do this, then you're gonna, you know, then this is going to happen. It's this idea that if one of you wins, then the other one has to lose. Now, if you continue this attitude and the behaviors you mentioned on both sides, you will end up in a sexless and dead marriage. I call them sometimes zombie marriages because they look like they're alive, but they're not. The only way out that I see is sitting down and having, again, an adult conversation about your needs and desires and then doing what is best to meet the other person's needs and desires. And assuming that your spouse loves you and is doing their best, even when you feel like it's not enough. So I'd start there, and if you're still waiting to see progress soon, then you should get help. Something like marriage coaching or a couple's therapist, because this current trajectory ends poorly for everybody. I do want to note that it's true that many women default to the role of being pursued, not the pursuer. And as such, they, they don't have any habits, behaviors, or skills to pursue their spouse. They figure if they're available, that's enough. And this topic comes up a lot when talking to women about initiating sex. Many feel that simply being available counts as an initiation, but it's not. Uh, showing your spouse that you desire them is a habit both, both sides should build. As a result, many men often feel undesired, unwanted, and generally like they're pestering their wives when they initiate. This is, dynamic is problematic for two reasons. The first is because for many men, 
Their initiation of sex is a bid for intimacy. And when you begin to feel like your spouse isn't interested in intimacy with you, in knowing you and being known by you, then it feels like they're not interested in a relationship with you. And that is a terrible thing to communicate. I'm not saying it's true, but it's a prevalent feeling among men. The second is that men tend to lose their self-confidence when they feel like they're pestering their wives. And one thing I hear over and over again from women is that they wish their husband was more confident when it came, comes to sex and initiating sex. So if you're a wife, stop training your husband to have a lack of confidence. Initiate with actions, not just by being available. If you're struggling with this, check out our webinar for our Becoming a More Sexually Engaged course for wives, because initiating is one of the topics that we tackle in the course. And last question is one of those that members in my forum probably say I shouldn't answer, but I'm going to do it anyways. The question is, what biblical or therapeutic training have you had? Your opinions and angles are so terribly hurtful to marriages and women who are stuck in sex addict relationships specifically. I have not run into such patriarchal and antichrist teachings, or should I say misled personal opinions, in the two and a half years of scouring the internet, podcast, and every Christian book on the subject of marriage, sex, and porn addiction. Where do you get your garbage theology? And it's hard to give a non-snarky response to someone who is being so overtly hostile. I think one of our former members hit it on point, though. He said, if you scour the internet and read Christian books trying to look for the right theology, then I can see why there might be some confusion. Maybe try the Bible. And that's where I get my theology from, the Bible, which I try to reference as often as possible. I'm sorry you feel biblical guidance is garbage, sexist, harmful, and antichrist teaching. I would love an opportunity to show you it's not, so feel free to reach out if you want an actual genuine interaction rather than whatever that question was. As for my credentials, you can check out podcast episode 30, where the first question is one asking about my training. And that's it for today. If you have any questions of your own, you can submit them anonymously on our Have a Question page. And if you like to see the questions as they come in and participate in the discussion, consider joining our support forum. It also helps us keep going. We sometimes get people who submit a question anonymously and then join the forum to see the discussion and offer additional information anonymously. Some of them join for just a dollar a month and then leave after the month and that is perfectly fine i'm okay with that so if you'd want a quicker response or be part of the interaction that's an idea thanks to all our supporters who help lend their thoughts and our ideas and lastly yeah if you're a wife don't forget to register for our webinar about our becoming more sexually engaged course if you're interested in seeing what it's about either way whether you take the course or not i think you'll learn a lot from the webinar and we'll have a lot of fun and we've already got about 60 or 70 wives signed up for the uh, webinar. So yeah, it should be a good night. So we'll see you then if you're going to join. If not, talk to you next time.